If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. This is an ode to Napa cabbage. Of all the cabbages on all the cabbage farms, only you have the crisp crunch worthy of our Bibigo Korean dumplings. No other cabbage would do, because no other cabbage tastes like you. We love you, Napa cabbage. Just don't tell Green Onion. Napa cabbage, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every hearty, flavorful Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode 101 of Confessions of a Marketer, we're still client-centric. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Lindsay Patterson, Chief Client Officer of WPP, is back. 100 didn't last long, did it? Suddenly, we're back with episode 101. In the weeks ahead, we'll have Steve Rondazzo on experiences, David C. Baker on building an agency, Carmen Perry on the biggest challenges for marketers. Plus, we'll have Rich Lyons on marketing the holidays and John McDonald on conversion. Lots more in the works, and we hope to get to episode 200 or so within the next year. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19, or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. Okay, Lindsay Patterson is back, and in this second part of our discussion, we talk about what it's like managing such a vast organization, the transformation of WPP, and the advice she gives to clients on working with an agency. Lots of wisdom in our chat, so take notes. Let's get to it. So how do you approach managing such a large, complex organization with a vast array of clients? What are the things you think of when you wake up in the morning, you know, what's the first thing you do every day? (laughs) Uh, Probably drink too much coffee. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Work out whether I can go to the gym or not. Um, So I guess it sounds really boring, doesn't it? But a lot of it is two things. I think there's being super organized and then having, and then the other one is much more human, having trust in the leaders that are appointed. So trust in the global client leaders, which is why we have made some of those changes and we'll continue to make changes. So leaders that I know have the best interests of their client at their heart and that will do their best to form strong and meaningful connections across WPP so that they know the full breadth of everything that we can do and that we can offer those clients. So trusting those people and and some people want to talk to me every day, some of those global client leaders. Um, some of them, it's a lighter touch, but making sure I have a strong relationship there is really important. I think the other thing is that I actually do a lot because whilst I'm called global client, chief, you know, global client officer, 
I also spend a lot of time internally with working with the CEOs of our, our major companies because, you know, we, we have to work together and sometimes it's, there's give and take and there's flexibility or fluidity in how we show up and how we form the best teams around the world for our clients. So a lot of time talking to our CEOs when we speak to at least two a day. And then there's, uh, I mean, back to the point we were just talking about with, with regard to peer-to-peer connections for our clients, we actually have a brilliant peer-to-peer almost support group for our global client leaders. So very simplistically, we have a WhatsApp group that has all of those global client leaders, some of our central team and, and, and another kind of senior people. And when they want to know a question or want to know what best-in-class, highest common denominator practice is, they ask each other. So every day, I would say there's probably about five or six quite high-level, interesting questions. So today, I should look at my phone, but I know there was one about uh, who's done, anyone done any interesting work in B2B space with influencers was one question. And then four other people immediately come back saying, talk to this person, talk to that person. Yesterday, there was one on how has anyone got constructive format for clients to feedback on creative, which made me laugh. Um, <laughs> so, uh-huh. um, you know, it might be an example of a brief or it's someone saying, actually, I need to find an agency that can help with CRM in Brazil. Who would you recommend? So that's, so actually forming a community and actually encouraging everybody to help each other because navigating WPP in the past has been complex. It's definitely getting easier, but, um, but that's a key part so that we're connecting each other. You know, we, we provide training for our global client leaders in the high growth areas of our business. So we talk about WPP being structured around four capabilities. So the primary one we're known for is communication. It's about 72% of our revenues and that covers, you know, media advertising, data, PR, branding. Then the higher growth areas are experience, commerce and technology where we know we can help our clients. That's where a lot of our clients focuses on. And so we need to make sure that our global client leaders understand our offers in those areas. We as WPP, you know, an Exco level, if we if we don't feel we have the right capabilities in those high growth space, that's where we might look for MA or we might look to consolidate across WPP our offer. So we had a global client leaders summit earlier in the year and we focused pretty exclusively on those high growth areas, almost showcasing the work we do internally so that our clients and our client leaders can learn from each other. Um, that's what I do. I mean, so I think education and inspiring each other and, and sort of pushing about and, and helping our, again, a benefit of being, you know, kind of being part of the WPP community should be that you can learn from amazing clients and best practice and categories and markets either similar to your own or actually many of our clients like to be, you know, have provocation or disruption or stimulus from totally outside of their category. And actually when you know, it's something that Google would always ask us for, many of our clients, you, know, you get obsessed on your own set. And also, as I said, you know, the, the, every client's word is so complex and so busy. Often they look for an agency for that outside provocation. So sometimes it can be as simple as how do we share fantastic work from across the globe, from across our different agencies that might just stimulate some creative thinking um, for one or other clients? Yeah, I think there's a lot to learn from different industries <laughs> that when you put blinders on and all you think about is your industry, it can really end up limiting your your creativity and your options. Absolutely. So I think, you know, it's there's uh, some fantastic piece of work that, AKQA have just done called hashtag code of conscience. And you kind of think, well, I'm sure it's not directly relevant to many of our clients, um, but it's a great piece of work by AKQA in Sao Paulo, 
And right now, you know, I think many people are mindful of the destruction of the Amazon rainforest. You know, we see it on, on the TV screens all of the time. And you, and you kind of sort of scratch your head and think, well, what can I really do? Well, you know, the, we have a very strong office in Sao Paulo in, at AKQA. And AKQA have very strong sort of social and purpose values at the heart of that organization. They're deeply impressive, you know, from a jazz, their leader down. And um, they thought, well, actually, there is something we can do because they're brilliant at, um, at coding and creating apps. And they created this code, which is very simple, which um, which can be downloaded into the machines, which are creating the deforestation. So they can't physically go, you know, they can't just campaign and stop people and say, you know, let's all campaign to stop the deforestation. But what they can do is apply this code and literally with a GPS blocked area of protected rainforest, if this code is applied to machines, then they do not work. So they can't enter the rainforest and they can't destroy that ecosystem. So that code has been created on an open platform. Anyone can download it. And we are encouraging you know, the manufacturers of that machinery to have that code instilled on their machines. Because of course, once they're sold and they've gone from the factory, who knows who's using them? But if they if they have this code, then then they cannot destroy the rainforest. So work like that seems probably not what you would know WPP for. And still think people might think of a big Super Bowl spot, and we're very proud of our amazing Super Bowl spots. But actually, work like that that is important at societal level and uses technology well, I think, is very inspiring. Yeah, that is very inspiring. So WPP is undergoing a transition and the agency business itself has been undergoing a transformation for quite a while. Where do you see WPP and the industry as a whole in five years, 10 years and so forth? Mm, gosh, I, I don't think I can go as far as 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I think the role for an agency and, and, and the companies within WPP is to are to be growth hunters on behalf of our clients in a world where growth can be quite hard to find. And so I think it's being, it's thinking more laterally than just the world of communications about how do we, how do we help our clients business grow and how do we stay focused on that? I think creativity will become actually more important than ever. Um, and I wonder if we've almost dialed down the impact of true creativity as we've all been on on a mission, uh, on a MarTech mission. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Because so much on lower funnel techniques that actually, you know, I think there might be a rebalance between higher funnel metrics and big creativity, building of brands. And there might be a slight rebalance in that because I was talking actually to Nicholas Biden, who runs, he's our global CEO of Zaxis, our programmatic arm yesterday. He was talking on a panel at Adweek. and. Um, he was saying he really wanted to tackle creativity and programmatic. And again, you know, we get media pitches and we spend a lot of time talking about programmatic. And actually, we still spend a lot of money on TV and on press and on outdoor. So I think there's a slight yeah, yeah. And he And I said, well, the good news is, Nicholas, you work with your part of WPP and we have amazing creative people. So maybe we should start internally. But what's frustrating for him if, you know, as an outcome-based business is if 50 to 60% of the performance can be driven by creativity. So actually, we might want to focus less on you know, the DSPs and the algorithms and the technology that's going to make our advertising super effective and efficient, and that's incredibly important to us, but actually thinking about what difference creativity can make. And you know, even as an ex-media planner, it pains me to say, you know, the best media plan in the world you know, it isn't, it is going to be much poorer with a poor creative and a, and a great creative can lift any media plan up and then obviously will grow in earned impressions as well and, and really elevate. So I think we'll see a massive focus on 
creativity. And at the same time, that's not to dumb down the focus and the need for investment in technology. At WPP, we, we will be very technology agnostic. We stopped trying to create our own technology. We've realized that people like Google spend a lot more than us on it and are better at it. So our job is to be deeply expert at using other people's technology and do that in an open way. But we do think there are more. there's more we could do ourselves using automation, machine learning and AI in some of the media buying um, practice areas. So I think the focus on automation, machine learning, where that makes sense, we may see more offshoring, for example, and hubbing of that, but also then a refocus on brilliant creativity and, and creativity across multiple channels. So I think probably both those two elements will be really important to us. So it might be that you see more creative people across our agencies and more people who are kind of tech or or data and analytically focused and probably less, if I'm really honest, less account managers. I feel we need less status meetings and uh, (laughs) less reports and more people doing the do, either sorting out the automation, efficiency and effectiveness or elevating the creativity. And I think that's the, the, the sort of bifurcation of that is going to be really interesting for agencies as we move forward. Not to diminish the value of uh, a media buy, but rarely do you hear a consumer say, wow, that Super Bowl spot, that was a brilliant media buy. (laughs) It's always the creative, right, that people see. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched actually, I was with a ton of clients this year watching the Super Bowl. Terrible game, by the way. Dreadful game. Oh, not not for me. But (laughs) Oh, well, but it was a dread. I mean, come on. It was like one of the lowest scoring games in history. But um, yeah, yeah, it was rough. Yeah, but in the, in the ads are actually much better than the, than the soccer, than the football. So, um, but yeah, I guess people understand that, uh, you know, consumers aren't daft and they understand that often an ad has been placed in a, an environment because people like them are watching or viewing or consuming. But yeah, really people talk about when you talk to your parents and you try and explain what you do, the easiest thing to do is to, is to point to an ad. <laughs> right, right. So earlier we talked a bit about the client relationship. And I wonder whether you can leave my listeners with some advice on working with an agency. You know, what are the keys to that relationship and making it work for both sides? Uh, transparency from the outset. Um, and that might include for an agency sometimes saying, do you know what? I can't help you with that, but I know someone that can versus saying and claiming they can do everything. So then you build high levels of trust. I would say, you know, the best relationships or when I had, you know, very direct relationships when I was running some businesses in the UK is a client should be able to call you and know you'll be in the trenches with them. So call you at 11 p.m. on a Friday night when they know there's a crisis appearing the next day and knowing that you will do everything you can to help them. So you take that call and they trust you to do it. And so they know you'll be in the trenches with them. But you're also the person when something goes spectacularly well, that you're the person they want to take out and celebrate and have champagne with on a, you know, even on a Saturday night. So I think having those, those two elements in the trenches and also wanting to celebrate, so tr- in transparency leading to trust. I would say agency people and clients are just people. And actually, you know, at my wedding, I had a couple of clients that came. I have some clients that have become incredibly good friends and, and kind of mentors to me. So we should ideally not forget that. And I would say, I would always encourage clients to be super honest with feedback on an ongoing basis. And there's nothing worse than getting to, which is why that client customer satisfaction program I talked about is really important to us. You should never have a, you know, never have an appraisal or there should never be a pitch call that, that should be a shock. 
you know, we need sort of continual feedback so that we're building and improving on a relationship. And, and that's incumbent on both parties to give feedback in real time so that we make things better versus needing some kind of dramatic intervention. And, and I, I would say the other thing, I would always, you know, clients quite often say, like, how can we be a better client, better briefing, all of those things are kind of hygiene. Actually, the power of thank you is is underrated, um, especially to more junior people who work incredibly hard. So, um, yeah. Yeah, being nice and saying thank you is yeah. actually a rare thing these days, but boy, it makes a difference. Absolutely. Well, Lindsay, this was this was really interesting getting an inside look at, at WPP. I really appreciate you joining me. Pleasure. Thank you, Mark. All right, next time, Steve Rendazzo is in to talk about experiences, so stay with us. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks, and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time.